and welcome to the Mike O'Brien Show. I am your host, Mike O'Brien. With me, as always, is Mr. Jeff Taylor down in Orlando, Florida. I am in Boston, Massachusetts. Jeff Taylor, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, Mike. I'm glad you asked. You, you said you're retired. You said you're very tired. What did you do today that you retired? I went to uh, do some work for my little brother, and uh, it. I was using a large ladder, and uh, it all of a sudden started storming. And uh, so I had to quickly move all of the tools and equipment inside and, uh, you know, just a regular old day in Florida. It's a welcome to Florida. And then I had to drive home. I drive a Jeep with no top on it. So I had to drive home in a Do you wave at other massive Jeeps? rainstorm. Of course, buddy. You can't. Yeah. Not. <laughs> I, I will. I will say, though, I'm a little bit snobby, like the Jeep trucks. I don't wave at. And depending on the newness of the Jeep, like if I look at it and it's like a a soccer mom driving a Jeep, I That's, sometimes won't wave. Do they look, uh, do they look pissed when you don't wave back at them? I don't pay attention. Oh, look at you. Yeah, Just no, I'm going too good your for own them. way. Too so, good for them. The first thing we're getting into, uh, today, Michael, let me host for a moment because I feel like it, there, there were many options for me and I went with one. I took it to the board and the board of directors decided, that the best punishment for you was a, a three week suspension, which you've served, yes. which is why we're back. We apologize we to the listeners uh, since we suck. I'm at- sorry. So what happened? First of all, we have uh, a, a, a great guest today from WBZ in Boston, Matt Shear. He does great things on Instagram. We will talk to him uh, later on in the program. But um, I, I was uh, suspended. No, no, you're yeah. Let me let me. I said I was going to host for just a minute. You got to oh, let me host, okay. buddy. You ready? Sorry. Yes. You ready? Yes. Okay, good. Okay, so uh, three weeks ago, uh, we were supposed to do a show. Michael Patrick O'Brien was Mm -hmm. uh, going to the Boston Red Sox game, which was a day Day game, game. if I'm not mistaken. Yes, a day day game. game. That's my favorite day. Day game, weekday, day game at Fenway. It's my favorite thing to do. And he showed up 45 minutes late. Yep. Hammered. Hammered, <laughs> hammered, drunk. I've so, been drinking all day. We recorded continue drinking. We recorded an episode, and if we ever have a Patreon, uh, we may put it on the Patreon because <laughs> it's so bad. I tried my best to. I felt like you know when they say someone's drowning, don't try to help them because they're just going to pull you down with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I felt. I like. just kind of ranted. I remember going on a list, and I was just like, say what happened, like whatever stupid story I was telling, and then I would just be like, like waiting for that. you to. It wasn't that, Mike. It wasn't that at all. What it was was you were like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's impossible. That's uh, not. That is, that is not an accurate representation of <laughs> what pretty, I would ever do or sound like when it, I am when I am inebriated. It was pretty which accurate. Last night I was pretty inebriated. Last night as well. But, yeah, you were uh, saying you're also tired. So we apologize for the for the uh, long time in between shows. The reality of it is that uh, Mike is back doing his. Uh, duck tours and i am back in my heavy my heavy travel time of the year i just got back from dallas texas and uh before that unfortunately my grandmother who had been ailing i've told a few stories i think on this show if i'm not mistaken uh she passed away so i had thoughts and prayers thanks buddy thanks buddy well you know she'd been suffering for a while so it was Mm. it was sad but at the same time you know how when someone's 
ill and not doing well. My, my, I'm thankful because it's, it's kind of a selfish story, which I admit, you know, I have. How old was she? She was 93. 93. Yeah. So, uh, she lived through the depression. She lived through like all kinds of fun stuff. Am I wrong? Was my math wrong on that? Am my math wrong Probably. on that? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> was the, was the depression think, yeah. in the thirties? Depression was in the thirties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, late twenties. Yeah. Right? I think twenties. Twenties in the thirties. I think twenties. Yeah. I think I'm an idiot is what it all comes down to. So if I do my oh, math, that's right. Not she, was, news. she was born in 1930, I guess would be when she was born or maybe 1929. Okay. And, uh, but she'd been suffering. And the last time I saw her, she was very, she was having a great day. So, you know, uh, she came out on the back porch of her home and and then you showed up and sat down and talked to me. We had a great discussion. And, uh, then she went back to her hospital bed that she'd been staying in and, and fell asleep. And my sister, as she was going downhill was keeping me posted and saying, you should come over. And I was like, you know what, man, I was there. I had a yeah. good time. I, I want to keep that. You don't memory. want a bad, bad last memory of her just like laying there or something. I will tell you this, though, uh, of on that side of the family, on my father's side of the family, they are not who I got my gift of gab from. They're very quiet. They're very subdued people. So I gave the not a, necessarily a eulogy, but I spoke. And bro, <laughs> You, did you when, kill it? No. When well, oh. everybody said I did, everybody said I did a great job. But the fact of the matter is that when you do something like that, the goal is to not break. And I broke like yeah. immediately. So I'm like, I'm uh, <laughs> bawling like a little girl. So you're a pussy. Understandable. I, I mean, okay. I have a heart, Michael. <laughs> I have a heart. I'm a heartfelt man. Did you man. do any jokes? Uh, I didn't do a joke, but I did tell a story. That I find funny. Uh, my grandmother uh, was was cold to me for multiple years, and I I recognized it, but I didn't really address it. And then I was on the phone with my dad after a Christmas or a Thanksgiving, and uh, I was like, "Man, you know, she is. There's something wrong." And he was like, "Yeah, at your wedding, you." ran over and hugged your other grandmother right in front of her and said, oh, my favorite grandmother. (laughs) And I'm like, what? Why did she tell me that? Like, I would have immediately. So I told that story. My other, my second favorite grandmother. Well, I told her, you know, you don't have favorite grandmothers. I said that to you a million times, too. I'm I'm, I'm, with charisma comes smarmy. And I'm a smarmy guy. So smarmy was what I was doing. I was being smarmy and saying, Oh, my favorite grandmother. That is such a, that is such a grandma move too, to be pissed at something so stupid like that. For oh, well, years, Jeff, I guess. For <laughs> years. I mean, she still would be present with me, but I could just tell that like, she wasn't as happy to see me as she had been in the past. And, uh, so it is what it is. I I will miss her. Uh, she was very dear to me, especially when I was a kid. She, uh, my both of my parents worked, so we were dropped off she at my grandparents' house. Oh, yeah. my my grandmother was awesome. She was a teacher, so she taught us how to like play piano, and I think she had probably a little bit to do with uh, my early uh, learning. But also, she understood that children needed to be entertained. 
So yeah. there was a bed in the back room that had like an underneath that you could get behind where like three kids could fit behind the headboard of this bed and like sat away from the wall. So we had like glow in the dark stickers and stuff that we put in there and we go in there and hang out. And uh, and she also had an Atari and that's pretty bad. had a bunch of games for the Atari. And it's funny because. It, as time has gone on, people have started to to act as though the E.T. Atari game was a bad game. Mm-hmm. I played that game a lot. I, I love that on Atari. Game. I just played. Uh, I just remember playing Pong. I played a lot of Pong. Pong, Pong I think, yeah. came with the Atari that she bought. So we played Pong. There was the tank, Jeff, the two tanks, uh, the two tanks game. Yep. That's yep, a great. Game. I played that I'm surprised one. they had Atari when you're five years old back in 1954. That's kind of more like eight or nine. Yeah, we had we, we had Japanese friends that shipped us over an early model. Yeah, that's nice. We that's at my nice. house we did it. We didn't have an Atari. We had a Commodore sixty four, and the only two games I that I could play that on is. the Commodore sixty four is pre Atari. It was a uh, maybe. I think IBM made it, and uh, there were two games that I would play. The F one game, which for its time, yeah, the the Commodore sixty four was leaps and bounds graphics and games like speed wise. It was still all eight bit, but it was awesome. Well, how good was it when Lionel Richie left? <laughs> Uh, Commodores, get it? <laughs> yes, I the get it. The band. Well, I mean, really, he he wasn't the lead singer of the Commodores, was he? I think he just like played. I, the, uh, I think he played like a horn or something. Maybe he was the singer. Anyway, no, he was a singer. He was I, 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 the, the, first of all, they were all the singer in the Commodores. Yeah, yeah. So he was sure, a singer, point. but he clearly left, and uh, they wished he would have come back all night long. Anyway, so there you go. <laughs> so I uh, also did you notice I didn't say I hate it hate it and i take to the point where i'll just say ridiculously stupid things at wakes and funerals i never say i'm sorry because i hate that when people say i'm sorry because my first thought is what did you kill them and but i just hate i'm sorry so that's i say i love you and give the person a hug and at my friend tom wall's uh mom's wake i said hey do you want to watch the patriots tomorrow (laughs) Are, are you that upset at what I said? Or are you frozen? <laughs> no, I'm not frozen. I thought that you froze. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jeff must have loved that story so much. I did appreciate the bit. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have a great joke, too, about how in the uh, obituaries, how they say the person died surrounded by family and friends. And I always say, how do you get invited to that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was invited and I did not. You didn't go. You didn't do the RSVP. The funny thing, the funny thing too. I hate to to belabor my grandmother's funeral, but yeah, we're getting a lot of action out of this one. I know. Um, So she passed away, and uh, my cousin was in town. I don't think my cousin will ever listen to it, so I'm going to give the 100 percent honest version of this story. Yes, and you tell me what you think. Okay. I, I had a an out-of-town gig that I was supposed to fly out at 5.30 in the morning on Monday. So they call me and they tell me that the funeral is at 11 a.m. on Monday or 10 a.m. on Monday. And I'm like, I'm not going to be here for that. Yeah. And so first I'm talking to, I can't remember who I talked to first. I mean, my dad. And my dad's like, that's okay. If you're not going to be here, that's fine if you miss it. And then I, I was like, that doesn't sound right to me. I don't think it is yeah. okay if I miss no, it. No, that's not, that's not, that's not <laughs> a good one. So I called my sister and I'm like, dude, like fast, no notice. So like, yeah. And by the way, like it's like Tuesday 
what's wrong with Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? Why is yeah, this now, yeah. like, why am I having to, to do these things to make this, mm-hmm. this all work for me? And you yeah, know what? Yeah, I was yeah. like, my sister's like, you're a dick, which I immediately said, you're mm-hmm. right. I am. Agreed. And I said, okay, cool. So I called the guy I was working for and I said, hey, man, I go, I hate to do this, but my grandmother passed away. And he's like, whatever you need to do. He's like, yeah. you, you can you do the gig? And I said, absolutely, I can, but I need to fly out later. And he said, yes, fly out later. So I got a later flight out. Everything's kosher. I get on, I got in at like 5 p.m., went and had dinner. The next day I worked. Everything's great. Wow. But I go to the funeral and I find out that the reason why it was on Monday and not on Thursday or Friday is because my cousin's birthday is on Friday and she didn't want to have the funeral on, on, on her birthday. Oh, I, I so I hate birthdays and I make I make a big deal about it on Facebook. It's it's my birthday and as a joke, but working in the service industry, just I mean, Jeff, you're a waiter. Did you have to sing the stupid song? No, I never and, worked at a place. First of all, I was a waiter for like six months. I was terrible at it. They immediately yeah, fired me. <laughs> there you go. I was at Uno's on I, I drive. I last. The funny thing is months, that so. you would think that I would be a great waiter, but I think I would have been better served as a bartender because my problem was that I spent more time socializing with my tables than I did mm-hmm. serving. And by the way, excuse me for being an upper middle class white man, but I'm not here to serve you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that, that immediately did can not I click have in my head. And a soda. Why don't you get it yourself? No, Jesus yeah, you can Christ. have it, but yeah. let me tell you the story first. It's going to yeah. take me about 15 minutes. And yes, I see that another table has just been sat in my section, but I'll get them so waters in a minute. Your cousin is a birthday diva. Okay. Thank you. I didn't think you would agree with me. Yeah, no, 100%. Who cares? Your grandmother died. That takes precedence than your, what, 37th birthday? Like, yeah, who but what if my shit? what if my cousin lives until she's 93? She's my exact age, so she's just turned 48. And so that's, uh, let me do some quick math here. That's 35 more years. So the next 35 birthdays, she has to remember our grandmother's funeral every birthday. Which, okay, by the way, on. that that argument was made, and I was like, Oh, so she's not going to remember like the Monday after. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> it's still her birthday and she'll be like, oh, my grandmother's funeral was a week, the same remember week as my Remember when birthday. Jeff had to fly out late to Dallas and yeah. completely change his plan so I didn't have a bad memory every year? So you wouldn't cry at Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> while you just shut up, you know, shut up. All right. I thank have you. problems, Jeff. I we're have both problems. dicks is what it turns out. I mean, yeah, there are better people in the world, obviously. Basically, we're both, I love it. We're just like, fuck your birthday. Um, <laughs> I had a headlining show at JJ's Tavern, uh, my hometown bar, and I was very excited for it. And I'm like, oh, because everyone always says, let me go to your show. When's your next show? When's your next show? Well, my show is 10 minutes from your house now. So this is when it is. And Jeff Taylor, 20 people showed up. The only person I knew was my dad and my dad's best friend, Noons, and his wife, uh, Sylvia. And those were the only three people that I knew. Everyone else was, it was such a weird crowd too. It was like, there was like this old lady with a walker in an oxygen tank. And there was like, I don't even know how she got up the stairs. She was like that bad. And then uh, it was just like all like white trash people from like Hatfield and Chesterfield, like the, the farm towns around. And I'm just like, why they didn't obviously didn't come to see me. They just came to comedy show, you know? Yeah. So I am not, I can't even draw in the bar that I go to every day when I'm home. 
you know? Well, you know, really, I think that is a reflection of the material. No, I'm a comedic genius, Jeff. And I killed it. I killed it. I told the story of me, uh, getting uh, arrested in Texas. I told lots. I went off about my dad and my mom getting old and my mom. My, I love my mom to death. Listen to this with my mom. So my mom lives in Maine in the summer. She moved, she goes up there. She has like some, like uh, one of those like trailer park home things. And it's all these like old retired people that live in Maine for the summer. They're called retirement communities. Retirement communities. There you go. Yes. yes. We got to get the, the, the proper terminology for that. And, um, so she got my uncle Mike's car who passed away and his, he was 93, I think as well too, maybe 97. He was old and she got his car and my mom had me and my brother go up, get the car, drive it back to my dad's house. It's been sitting in my dad's house now for three months and she doesn't have a license plate for it. My mom thought that she could drive the car with no license plate from Northampton, Massachusetts to Kittery, Maine or wherever the hell shit is that she, she lives. And she was just like, yeah, no, I have all the proper, all the proper stuff for it. I just need the license plates. I was like, so mom, you have to go to Maine to get the license plate, come back, put the license plate on the car. Then you can drive the car. And she's like, no, it's legal. I go, okay, mom, even if it's legal, you're going to get pulled over 27 times. How often do you see a car with no license plate, like not even dealer tags or anything like that. Just no tags whatsoever. I was like, you'll get pulled over. Every cop you drive by will pull you over. And she just didn't, she just had no concept that that's not legal. Like she just thought you could just, I, I still am floored by that. Well, you know, as the, as the years go on, uh, sometimes things come become more difficult. And in her day, you probably did not have to, uh, have the oh, car. Say again? In her day, you could be doing keg stands while driving. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean the rea- the reality of it is that like they've made things difficult, especially up there. So it, it I forgot been easier who did for the her. joke, but their t- the joke was about George Bush getting two DUIs in the seventies, and he goes, "Do you know how drunk you would have to be to be- get two DUIs in nineteen seventies?" He's like, "I didn't even know that was a law back then. How the hell did I don't George know that Bush?" It was. <laughs> Yeah, the George Bush, the son I think of you the actually head of the had FBI to get into an accident. D- I think Probably. you actually had to. I don't think they pulled you over and said you're drunk. I think you had to like do something stupid. Do something really stupid. Probably. Well, anyway, yeah. big guest coming up here, Michael. All right. Yeah, we got our guest. He just uh, messaged me. So I guess we will uh, get to Matt Shear from WBZ. Uh, very excited. And we are back on the Michael Bryan show uh, with a very special guest. I am I am a fan of WBZ's Matt Shear. Did I pronounce your name right? Right. I always did. Up. I did. I'm good. Shear. Yes. Yeah. Matt is and your Mike Aubryan. 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 Yeah. Yeah. You, you, no you laugh, but he's very bad at this. He's very bad I'm, at getting names right. And, and when you correct him, he names. almost ignores you and just continues to mispronounce names. It's 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 infuriating. Yep. Brittany, what was I? Brittany Green. I don't even remember Grenier? how I was saying yep. it. Grenier. Grenier. Yep. Brittany Grenier. You were going to say it again. Yeah. You were going to improperly say it again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really bad with names. Um, I'm bad with remembering names. That's my thing. Like, I, 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 that too. I have no problem remembering faces and literally everything we talked about down to like where you went to high school and stuff like that. But if you ask me your name, I'm just not going to know it. That's why I like talking to people on Zoom because their name is literally right next to their face. Right to I it. wish it was yeah. like that in real life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I worked at Disney for many years and people wear name tags and you could see their eyes go to your name tag. Nobody remembered mm. anybody's name. I feel oh, like it yeah. is a <laughs> symptom of being there that you start forgetting how to remember people's names. 
that was at the jail. When I worked at the jail during COVID, everyone, your uniform had your last name on it. And so you mm. referred to everyone as their last name. And now I don't work there and I'll see them at bars and stuff like that. And I'll be like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Whatever. Anderson. And they're mm. like, my name's Matt. And I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. It's almost like, like bumping into a teacher and you're just like, hello, Mr. Frederickson. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't know how to address you after outside right. of school it's very it's weird. funny yes. i was gonna make a joke there but i'm handcuffed uh matt because mike is afraid that we're going to say something offensive that will offend your bosses at wbz <laughs> i'm i'm worried about the wbz because i don't think they like me what is going on this is professional th- yes this is uh i don't think they like me uh Why? because of my news because of my news prowess i think i i don't know i prowess, don't ever, he uses that word yeah prowess, prowess. Yes. I mean, they gave me the thumbs up to come on your podcast. Well, so I think so they know about me. Do they, do you think that there's uh, tell me I'm in good. the news? Tell me I'm good. Yeah. Tell me, tell I'm, me good. I'm good, Matt. Do you think <laughs> I, there's something that says don't put Mike on the, the news anymore if it comes across the editing bay? No. Well, first of all, you need to understand something about WBZ. WBZ TV and WBZ News Radio aren't even in the same building anymore. We're not the oh, same really? company anymore. Thank yeah, God. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, so, so I know you guys have been out of the radio game for a minute, but there was a big shakeup in the biz a few years ago when CBS decided to get out of the radio game altogether. And so they sold off all their radio stations across the country, including Boston. So just about every CBS radio station in Boston has a new owner and it's like different owners. Huh. And, uh, that so sounds fantastic to me. I would love for that to happen everywhere. I wish that uh, iHeart would get out of the radio business. I wish they all would get out of the well, radio business. iHeart is my boss, so I can't <laughs> I can't comment on that at all. They treat me well, but I understand your sentiment. Yeah, no, no, no. I have no problem with the iHeart stations. I just don't, I I don't like the bureaucracy of it all. I feel like it steals from the creativity, and that's my opinion. You know, I don't work for iHeart. I, I work with them a lot, but Which, I don't work for them. It is so you work for iHeartRadio now. I'm learning this, and it's amazing because you're you're just. Uh, what is your Instagram handle, Matt? It's just so everyone will follow you on Instagram. Yeah, sure. Instagram is at reporter Matt. Yeah. Um, Twitter. I, po- I post. Yeah. T- Twitter is Matt WBZ. I got different handles on everything. It's so annoying. There was like not one consistent handle that I could take across all platforms. So yeah, Instagram reporter Matt. Twitter is Matt WBZ, and I've got a lot of followers over on TikTok too. But it's not my personal account. It's the WBZ account. No, that's cool. So yeah, yeah. so it's amazing that you're, you they let you in radio be so creative with what you do. For those who don't know Matt, should know Matt, and I never knew you from WBZ. I just knew you from someone sending me something and be like, this is hilarious. You need to watch this. And I'm like, this is the great. It's basically, it's almost like high school audio video, like what you would do where you're like, (laughs) not, you kind of have a concept, but you just wander around aimlessly and you're talking to people Uh, and you put it together and every one that you do comes out amazing. I wanted, I wanted to ask you this question because I'm in, I'm in Florida. So I was completely unaware of you. He was very excited to have you on and we're glad to have you on, but uh, he sent me some videos and I watched the videos and it, it's very cool what you do but it's Thank you. it's uh is it like the is it something that you are asked to do by work or is this something that you go out on your own and do 
all they said was we want you to get our TikTok TikTok account up and running. Yeah. And from there, I kind of just went with my vision, um, which was, you know, I think at first what they had in mind was a much more TikToky kind of account. And you know what I mean by that? Like I'm talking about like the trends and the dances and the yeah. things like oh, that. Oh, you mean where which, everybody's doing the same exact shit? Exactly. Yes. Which, okay. Which I understand. I but I, I get that the inclination to do that because you see a lot of other people having success with it. But that's just not the way that like my brain is wired. Like I never want to do something the same as everyone else. When I get a job to be a reporter for a news radio station, I don't want to sound like every other news reporter. I don't want to even look like every other news reporter. I've you know when I started the job, I was dressing in like nice button ups and everything like you'd see on the with the TV reporters, and now I just literally go out in jeans and a hoodie every day because i want to get down to the just like my myself i want to be myself out there and i think it's uh, that kind of authenticity is even more important on social media because people will see right through the phonies yeah and i don't i don't want to be that guy at well, all so well, yeah so don't I, be I mean, a phony i'm not that's what i don't want to come off like i'm trying too hard is what i'm trying to say especially considering we were just talking about our ages off the uh, record but uh, you know i'm a millennial and most of tiktok in particular is like gen z i, I don't want to come on looking like look at what these kids are doing or like look at this millennial trying to fit in with the younger kids so i was like why don't i just take what I already do on the air, which is tell stories in you know, a short amount of time can really come condense local stories and just like find a way to incorporate video with it. Yeah. And uh, just put it up there. And I think people appreciate that. It kind of stands out from the platform. When did you know, like you're onto something like how long I always love asking professional athletes, like what age, what happened when you're like, holy crap, I'm so much better than everyone else. When would you do this? Where you're <laughs> like, this is, this is, well, that's what I'm talking about athletes. But with yours, like what one were you just like, and not even like you're getting a bunch of likes and retweets, but when you finished it before you even posted it, you're like, this is, this is going to be the, the bee's knees. It's funny you say that because it's never been that way with like, whenever I post something and I say, this is going to be the bee's knees. It is not the bee's knees. It is the bee's ass. Like it is <laughs> the worst thing you could possibly pick on a bee. Um, but like, then I'll post something that I, you know, barely spent any time on at all. And it absolutely explodes and goes mega viral. So I guess the first big sort of viral one that I had that hit a million views on TikTok was this one where I was going around Boston doing like a little, you know, walking tour of our best cafes in town. And the joke uh, turned out that every single spot I went to was a Dunkin' Donuts. And they were all, <laughs> within, like, they were all within a short block because I had discovered that there is a half mile radius in Boston where you can hit, I think something like 16 Dunkin' Donuts, like Are something you serious? ridiculous like that. Yeah. So, um, that was my first video to hit a million. And then the next big one that I had was uh, when I went to the town of Billerica, Massachusetts, where they had three market baskets on the same street within like a 10 minute drive of one another. And one of them closed and the entire town flipped out about it. Like, <laughs> and and I, I put that story up thinking like only people in Billerica, Massachusetts are going to care about this, but it absolutely exploded. Like, 2 million views on Twitter and like international press coverage and everything. And it was wild because it's that funny. Is, <laughs> yeah. It, it is. Well, and the thing is, yeah. Cause like I'm interviewing the people in the town of Bill Ricca and they're just being so honest about it. They're completely distraught that they're losing one of their three market baskets on Boston road. And I think, to a lot of people who aren't from Massachusetts or New England, it was like a window into our lifestyle and our culture. They other other than that, they've only seen it in like 
fever pitch with Jimmy Fallon, <laughs> like, you know, yeah, those yeah, SNL yeah. sketches with the terrible fake accents. And then they see all of a sudden a real news story where it's like, oh my gosh, those people in the, all the sketches, like that's real. That's wow. a real person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, when you did, did the thing about the, the so many Dunkin' Donuts, people always ask about Dunkin' Donuts on duck tours. And mm-hmm. when I started in 2013, Dunkin' Donuts told someone, someone called Dunkin' Donuts and they had 129 Dunkin' Donuts in Boston. And a couple of years ago, we're like, Hey, let's get an update. Cause you know, Dunkin' Donuts sure. ad clothes, whatever. And someone called Dunkin' Donuts and Dunkin' Donuts said they don't know the answer. Oh, come on. <laughs> Where I'm just like, that, that's just someone being lazy. That doesn't want to hundred percent. You can literally you know, go on their website under location. I'm sure. Them. You know why? Because I did that <laughs> I, for, for another story. Somebody asked me in the comments on a video. Oh, cause I, I had done a video where I was going around Boston asking people like, why, why is your hometown famous? Like, why is your hometown special? And some dude who was telling me all about Rockland and he's like, come visit Rockland. We got a Dunkin' Donuts there like dead serious. And so somebody in the comments was like, is there a single town in Massachusetts that doesn't have a Dunkin' Donuts? I'm like, that's a great question to explore. Turns out there are a bunch of them, but they're all like out in the Berkshires or like way out on the tip of Cape Cod. Um, but there was one that was fairly close to me in Stowe, Massachusetts. I saw this um, one. I think this is the one. This is when I started really following. Yeah, was this, one. this was my other really, really big one that got huge. And yeah, I went to Stowe and found out that not only did they not have any Dunkin Donuts currently, they had two of them that closed within a matter of months. And just <laughs> like the people in of Bill Ricco with their market basket, the people of Stowe were distraught because now they had to go an extra mile to the town of Maynard to get their Dunkin Donuts. And um, yeah, again, that one got pressed right ups like overseas and it just was massive. That's How a big story co- to me. There should not be any towns in Massachusetts right? that don't have a Dunkin Donuts. That's ridiculous to me. It's it's honestly uh, unfair living conditions. If yes. You ask me. Yes. How do you come up with these ideas? Do you I mean, I've, I have seen you when I do the duck tours walking around park, the, the Park Street uh, T-stop, which is just the Mecca of every <laughs> Every kind of person in the world goes yes. is at the Park Street T-Stop. It's basically, it's a walking, talking sociology, uh, sociology, I can't even speak, experiment. And mm. it's amazing. You've nailed it. That's 100% why I like to go to that general area. Because, I mean, you don't want to go to, a, like, I don't know. Maybe if you're doing a story that only affects the rich, the wealthy, then you'll go to, like, Beacon Hill. And, you know, maybe if you're doing a story that only affects the not so wealthy, you'll go to one of the not so wealthy neighborhoods. But you're absolutely right. Park Street Station is everybody. And I love that because what makes a great clip for me when I'm out on the street is when someone says something that I never could come up with on my own. That's just so far out of left field that I'm like, what? And that because I know that people watching are going to get that same reaction too. Uh, I'll give you an example in with the Bill Ricca market basket story. Um, we're talking about the market basket closing. And a guy said to me, I don't like change. I told my kids, you know, the dinosaurs didn't go extinct by accident. They saw the future and said, screw this. Let's go to the top pit. <laughs> I'm like, that is a dude's reaction to a friggin' grocery store closing. <laughs> like, chill out, dude. Uh, so like, that's the kind of thing I never could have come up with that on my own. And I love I, the, it's so exciting to me to go out and try and capture moments like that. Um, so, so to answer your question, how do I come up with these ideas? 
it's it's a combination. I I mean, I'm trying not to do the same video twice. I'm trying not to do the same types of video over and over. You know, those influencer type people on social media who have like one great joke that goes viral and then they just try to milk it for all they can, you know, beat a dead horse over and over. I don't want to be that guy. I want to try and mix it up. I try not to be like myself, if that makes sense. I guess. Like there, yeah. There, like there are other reporters who are trying to, and I know this other newsrooms who have said like, let's try to be like Matt Shearer. Let's try to be like this guy. And I'm like, that's fine that you want to kind of do something fun and different on social media. But like, I'm trying not to be like me. I'm trying to be different every time. Well, that's, maybe that's, that's why you're you doing better than, than the others. So do people so. come to you and say, Hey, there are these guys in my neighborhood that are selling yard meat. Or do you find that on your <laughs> yes. own? No, you're right. I mean, it's it's a mix. Some things I find on my own because I'm in a different town every day just observing things. Some things come from the newsroom. But ever since uh, I've started building a following, it's been amazing because people will just DM me great tips like that. And that's yeah. exactly where the yard meat story came from. Should nice. I explain what the yard meat story is? Well, for please do. First of all, I uh, was I need some explanation myself. I've watched the yard meat video. I was, first of all, <laughs> stunned. Because I feel like those guys are more redneck than people <laughs> in Florida are. And secondly, what I need to know is uh, they're cooking burgers. So uh -huh. it, it's meat. But is yard meat a specific animal? Is it, a, is it something they find in the yard or is it just regular meat being cooked in a yard? It's funny you ask that because I was kind of torturing myself as I was putting the story together over whether or not I should, I guess I was a better word, better way to put it is I was agonizing over the decision of whether or not I should like explain what yard meat is in like really clear, direct terms. Um, but I figured it was best to kind of infer it and leave it up to the imagination yeah. because that's sort of what they're doing with their sign that just says yard meat pull in. <laughs> like you're taking a gamble when you see a sign like that and you pull in and somebody hands you a plate of meat, well, you don't know what it is. They're well, willing the to tell is, you that the dirt is like the oldest spice on the planet. Oh, yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's the best excuse for dropping your food ever and not washing your hands. But uh, <laughs> yeah, long story short, yard meat is just meat from the grocery store that they marinate, saute, prepare, whatever, do whatever they do to it in the yard. Saute. So like, saute is an interesting way to put. <laughs> that was not, that was a terrible word. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think at one point he's got a propane torch and he's torching the meat. Is that sauteing in there? And as he, as he explains that they're super anti-propane. -pro yeah. <laughs> I did not. That, that. that was a great moment. <laughs> so when you, this is happening and especially when someone just goes, you know, totally little Saturday Night Live character of a New Englander. How do you, I mean, you just got to hold it together, you know, like, but also they have to know that they're a freaking walking, talking character, you know, like yeah. they know, they know how ridiculous they sound and things they say. But when someone says something where you're just like, holy shit, like this is, <laughs> this is like, how do you just, and you just got to be like, yeah, wow, that's interesting. <laughs> exactly. I, I think that's the yeah. talent that you actually have. And that is, having Thank these you. people not it seems as they though they don't add to the clowniness of what they're doing they actually are being themselves somehow or another you right. manage to keep them honest because i didn't feel like mm -hmm. i i feel i like the, the yard meets the one i watched first so that's the one i'm stuck on right now but like the kid rock guy in the background 
mm-hmm. you could you could have milked him. You could have had him do something <laughs> right. and be funny. But instead, he's what he is. He's a guy that's sitting there that like 100%. barely barely acknowledges you, <laughs> and you utilize that as part of that story. So I think that's part of what your talent is is going in and telling this story without it seeming campy. It seemed like. I was at the yard meat place and I was getting the yard meat experience exactly how the yard meat experience was meant to be got. Oh, that is the best compliment you could have given me because that's exactly what I try to do. I try to take people with me. I try to just kind of show it for what it is. Kid Rock guy, for those who haven't seen, it was just, you know, it's a cookout and I'm talking to these two dudes who just, the the type of dudes, it's, it's a North Shore, certain North Shore personality kind of guy where they just, talk they just go off and everything that they're saying is just shocking and hilarious and fun and then there's just this random guy sitting there who's not talking and they call him kid rock and you have no idea why his name is kid rock (laughs) (laughs) and he doesn't resemble kid rock he doesn't act like kid rock (laughs) none none of that they just call him that and he's it's like oh yeah he's just there yeah so thank you for (laughs) <laughs> for, for picking up on that. Uh, I did. I, I really appreciated that. I was like, this, this guy clearly, he's not the guy that wants to be a part of the show, which I think is his whole right. being is that even when yeah. he's sitting at the yard meat place, literally he likes being there, but he doesn't want to be a part of the whole thing going on. So yeah, he's like, he's like the regular at the uh, townie dive bar, you know, who's yeah. just, who just kind of sits in the same seat every day. Everyone knows him. Everyone knows he's there, but very few actually talk to him or acknowledge yeah. him. Yeah, he's, he's there. Now, how did you get get started? We all we all uh, have radio backgrounds. Uh, Jeff and I worked together at uh, ESPN Radio in Orlando, Florida, 1080. And I got my start by just showing up and basically saying, I'll work for free. He and stalked I'll me. Phones. I stalked Jeff at like when they'd have like, uh, you know, they they do the show from the ESPN zone. I started going there. Then I found out where the, the actual studio was. I just started showing up and I, I just started working there. I then- actually was like, I, I had to set up an intern program to get him actual credit for be, for showing up all the time. I was like, we yeah. don't have interns. We, we don't have, I wasn't getting paid. And, he, and then and I finally got stop. a big paycheck of $8 an hour. So, you know, then I was yeah. making it, <laughs> you know, radio though, man, I, we, we, it's oh, yeah. funny to look back because we were, we, we caught lightning in a bottle. We were a 5,000 watt, a 10,000 watt uh, stick in Orlando that dropped to 5,000 watts at night because of Cuban interference. But the Cuban interference was so bad that the 5,000 watts wasn't enough. So it was the whole time anyway. And uh, we had all of these kids that literally just wanted to be there and want, like I, I had a cot that I would sleep on in the studio because I'd want to stay there mm-hmm. until like three o'clock in the morning and I'd have to be back for the morning. And I mean, yep. we just, we had all of these personalities that just wanted to be there. And it was an, it was an incredible thing because we were actually beating the, at the time, clear channels, like the, the sports station in Orlando, we actually started mm-hmm. to beat them in the ratings because we were fresh and new. Unfortunately, it, it didn't last. Awesome. Well, still, yeah, that is such a radio story, too. I mean, like everyone who has worked in radio 
has slept at a radio station at yeah. some point. Like, well, you know, whether it be in one of those nice, quiet, soundproof production rooms, you know, you, I've seen people with air mattresses at the studio before. Yeah. I, I mean, I was always just kind of a floor sleeper, you know, I got a, to the point where I'd stopped, up and, I was trying to hide it. So I would have an air mattress and I would like deflate it and put it back in its box and hide it. And then at some point I was like, you know, this is getting a little tedious. So I just like leaned it against the wall, a queen yeah, size air mattress yeah. in my office leaned up against the wall. <laughs> so to answer your question, how I started, it was uh, in high school. Actually, I was lucky enough that we had a little radio station at the high school with like a three mile radius or something like that. And um, that is lucky. It, That's unusual. Yeah, it was really cool. And, uh, you know, my friends and I, we started a talk show about skateboarding. And uh, when I was, you know, a freshman and I loved it so much and decided right there at 14 years old that that's what I wanted to do with my life. And I, I know that that's really uncommon. I always have to tell like young people trying to get into the biz, like it's not normal to have your mind made up at 14 years old. Like, yeah. just, you know, don't feel bad about yourself if you don't, even by like 21, if you don't have it figured out, a lot of people don't. Um, but I did. And so by my senior year, I got an internship at an alt rock station in town. And uh, then by so that by the time I uh, graduated from high school and went off to uh, Emerson College to study radio, I had enough radio experience already under my belt that I got on the college station right away. And that, I mean, that's a big deal. WERS first, um, first college radio station in America, 88.9 WERS. Yeah. And, and for a long time, I, I, I don't know if it still is, but uh, it was the top rated college radio station in America. So wow, it was like a really huge, huge deal for me to get there and a huge deal for me to get on the air right away as a freshman. There were only three of us and all three of us got the overnight shift. So it was like three to 6 a.m. Um, but I, I was just I had, so I had, I had the one to 3 a.m. Yeah. And I, in college and like, but the thing is in college, like you're already up at that time. Anyways, like my friends all who all lived on my floor, they were up in the common room listening to my first show ever at 3 AM when I dropped the CD that I was supposed to be playing in the middle of a break and had to put it in the deck and they heard me shuffling around. Um, but it was, it, it was great. And you know, while I was at, by my junior year, I got a job board hopping three nights a week at a radius. So I was, and that was overnight too. So Three nights a week, I was working from midnight till 6 a.m. board hopping at this radio station. Then I would have like classes during the day and then the college radio shows at all sorts of weird hours. So I was just like dual fisting like Red Bulls all through college. <laughs> well, it's funny. That's sleeping. all you used. Because we did coke <laughs> off the turntable in college. <laughs> I think I might have just missed that era of radio. Yeah. You know? It was like a little too corporate by the time. Because well, I heard those stories. You, That's like stand-up comedy now. I, I, I like especially the kids now. They, we would all drink twelve years ago. We're still drinking, but they you hear these Lenny Clark stories of other people and all the other ones they they came up with in Boston. It's just like, how are you still alive? And now yeah. people look at me like, how do you drink that much? I'm like, how, how do you not drink that much at a comedy? show like this is how we get paid free booze come on man you get used to right. it buddy let, let me yeah. ask you this question you said you did high school radio and I, i'm assuming since you said that it had a thousand watt transmitter that it had a uh it had call letters and a city of license and that you had to do your legal id at the end of every hour do you remember it i sure do let's hear it uh oh the legal actually the legal i mean i can tell you what the uh call letters and it was whab 89.1 FM in Acton, Massachusetts. Um, I think I remember more the sign off because this was the kind of thing where like 
6.30 would roll around and we'd shut the station off for the day because there would be no one to be there for the rest of the night. Uh, so I would say, this concludes our broadcast day at WHAB, you know, a, a service of Acton Boxborough Regional High School, broadcasting live every day from whatever AM to something like that. Um, yeah. I don't know. This was many years ago. Yeah, but, but if you're still in Acton, you should tune in. It's, I it's I, uh, I I remember still it was WPRK ninety one point five, the best in basement radio, Rollins College, ah. Winter Park, Florida. Oh hell yeah, basement radio. That's good branding. And it literally never... was it was in a basement in Florida, which is crazy. But our uh, flagship AM talker is five eighty WDBO, and it's mm-hmm. WDBO stands for way down below Orlando. Because its original studio was that basement that the Rollins College studio is in. Oh, yeah. I, there's a similar situation going on up at in Lowell at University of Massachusetts Lowell, where they are literally broadcasting from one of the school's old fallout shelters that was built during nice. World War II or whatever. I, I yeah, well, so. it's, it's been a lot of years since I was at Rollins Radio, but they still had the Halon ball in there. Do you know what that is? You go back far enough. So back in the day, because everything could catch on fire, there were so many tubes and everything. They had a halon ball. And what halon does is it sucks all the oxygen out of the air. So fires go out immediately. And so the first thing they say to you is they say, if the halon ball alarm goes off, get out. Don't try to get your stuff. (laughs) Just get out because you've got like 20 seconds before it gets really bad. So they were all, you always had to check to make sure the halon ball was all good and everything. So it was an interesting thing. I always say how radio people always ask me, why did I stop radio? And Mm -hmm. I, I, well, I was in Buffalo, New York. I, that was, I worked in Buffalo, New York for four months for uh, five fifty WGR, the sports station up there. And um, it's just the, I say it's the most fun, least paying job you'll ever have until you finally get paid. And that's very rare. (laughs) Because it's just like you just don't get it's basically they're 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 taking advantage of people like us who love the any, job. Anybody there. They do always have that like shotgun at yeah. the back of your head saying anybody else will take this job from you. But if you stand out, they they don't do that to you. I feel that's uh that's mm. the best way to stay in. I mean, I stayed in as long as I wanted to, but uh, mm. I moved behind the scenes. I'm a behind the scenes guy now. And you took an Electro Voice RE27 with you on the way out. I can no, see yeah, your I've, I've got four of these <laughs> and I still utilize them on a regular basis. And still, uh, they still, these things have, have made their money back big time. How long have you been at WBZ format? Only uh, since September of 2020. So coming up oh, on really? three years. Oh, wow. Because yeah. before I've been in the market for, I mean, my entire career, I've been in Boston. I know that's a super rare thing in radio, as you guys know, to like stay in one market like this. Yeah, um, especially a market like Boston. And a market, yeah, and the market I grew up in too. I, I, and it's because I was able, I just was willing to take whatever kind of job. I, you know, I wasn't married to a certain format. I know people are like, well, I'm a rock guy, so I'm going to go to Minneapolis to work at a rock station. It's like, no, I'm, I'll, my first full time gig was uh, producing a, like news talk show and a morning talk show on a news talk radio station. And then after that, I went to producing a top 40 morning show. So doing that kind of like entertainment, comedy, goofy stuff. And I was there for seven years and that ended at the very beginning of the pandemic. Actually, that whole station flipped. And, um, that was a scary time, man. I had like a new baby at home and you know, there's this disease that none of us know what's going to happen. Suddenly like my source of income is going away. And I mean, it turned out to be, 
I know it's so always such a cliche does. To say a always in does, bro. Cliches right? are cliches like, for a reason, man. Yeah, it's true because, like, first of all, you know, I was at home. I got a severance. I, I, I was chilling. I, I was doing all right. Got to spend time with my baby, and then all of a sudden, this WBZ opportunity rolls around. Had never even considered becoming a news reporter at any point in my career. But here I am. I did it and I'm kind of doing it my way. And uh, it's been the best job that I've ever had. That's what I, I, I it's just like because me being in radio or at least starting in radio, that's like what you're doing is what I would want to do. It seems like you have no handcuffs, which is just rare in radio mm-hmm. that someone is just like, hey, go have fun and make some great stuff. I mean, obviously you do it well. That's why you kind of uh, they Thank don't have a, a long leash on you or anything like that or a short leash on you. But it's yeah. it's it's pretty it's very rare in radio to especially news radio to to have something like that happen. And it's, it's, uh, it, it, it gives me hope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, the, the management of the station is, is great. First of all, beyond the fact that they treat me great. I just feel like they understand that in order to survive, especially as like an AM news talk station, like they have to innovate and they have to be willing to try different things. You know, there are so many people in this business and in television and in newspapers who are, you know, they've, they've been in the business for a long time and they say, well, this, this is why we do th- We do it this way because this is what works. This is what I had success doing 20 years ago but that formula from 20 years ago isn't really necessarily going to fly with the way technology is moving so um you know the people at wbz news radio get that and they're willing to try new things and take a chance on people and i'm so so grateful that i was able to benefit let from that. me let me let me jump in here real quick uh, my sure. i've limited experience with your material but what limited experience i have so i work with radio stations in every format all over the country constantly and there are a few people who stand out when it comes to being able to do the social media thing and that is a that is a talent that you can't necessarily you can't teach it you either have it or you don't have it and granted mm-hmm. what you're doing which i think is really cool is doing what they used to do on the news they would send out the cub reporter and send them to see these <laughs> ridiculous stories and i mean we still bring up yeah. the the squirrel on a surfboard i mean that was a real that so, some <laughs> some person got that gig and went out there and covered the squirrel on a surfboard and they used to do that kind of stuff and i don't remember much of anything from the newscast that i watched when i was a kid but i still remember that squirrel on a surfboard and you are yep. doing something that was they were doing 20 years ago you're just doing it in a way that fits this new format of things but the reality of it is you either have a talent or you don't have it and from what i've seen you've got talent man and that's that's a that's a that's a it's good that you found a niche that works for you and uh keep it up man it's awesome yeah, this Thank show episode episode is going to be entitled where we talk uh, Matt Sh- to the Matt Sharon and tell him he's great for a half hour. Well, <laughs> honestly, I mean, so there there I I really do like enjoy seeing people that are have figured out a thing. And I enjoy like myself watching it because I am pretty picky. And I've got a buddy, Big Mike, who has been on this show, who is a lot like you in the way that he just figured out a way to take social media and turn it turn it into something enjoyable for me because if you yeah. can reach kids and me then you're doing something right because that's a pretty thank you broad audience 
Definitely. And I think that's a big part of what I think the station wants me to do, because, I mean, we already have an older audience being a, you know, 101 year old AM news radio station. They want to find a way to bring in a younger audience while not isolating the older ones. Yeah. And um, so, you know, I try to tell a story in sort of a traditional way, but well, no, not, ne- not necessarily that. Tell a traditional story in an untraditional way, if you will. Something like that. They're untraditional stories in a traditional way is really what it is. You you literally are doing man on the street interviews with very funny stuff, which typically they would shun. They would they wouldn't want you to cover that. <laughs> and I, th- I think it's awesome that they're allowing you to go out there and tell these stories, because I do think that they're fun. It's funny. It's fun. It's Thanks. funny. Uh, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, as we're wrapping up here, have they ever, do you have to pitch them what you're going to do or do you just do it, show it to them? And then has anything ever been like, they're like, no, you're not putting that on. No, I I mean, we, so we have uh, pitch meetings every morning with all the reporters where we, uh, they're, they're called assignment meetings where we go over what we're working on and then we pitch a new idea. And then the assignment editor reads off assignments for the day. And uh, it's like, so yes, I, I run my ideas by them during that meeting. And I think I've earned enough of their trust where they rarely tell me no. Like there were times where they were like, uh, I don't really get what you're talking about, Matt, but, uh, you know, we trust that you'll, you'll make it great. And, uh, that's a good position to be in. Um, and it's also a little bit of pressure on me too, because then it's like, Oh God, now I need to make this great. Like they don't believe in me now. It needs to be a grand slam. I love um, how I would love to be in that meeting of like someone being like, yes, uh, I'm dealing with the uh, Boston Marathon bombing victims, this, that and the other thing. And Matt's like, yeah, uh, there's uh, not a Dunkin' Donuts in Stowe. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly what it's like sometimes. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Well, hey, Matt, thank you so much for uh, being on the Michael Bryan show. It's truly an honor. I look forward to hopefully one day being the man on the street and your man on the street interviews. It's it's my new new number one dream goal you're wrapping of- up right you're wrapping up right now what do you think of this guy's thing what mike's whole thing about being the man on the street guy yes, in every video like chasing i think it's in camera crews. i think it's incredible yeah. it's brilliant <laughs> it is the fact that you actually save all these videos too and you have this reel just going like it's such a good bit um and i mean i I want to make sure that when it happens, because it will happen with me, I, I like, I'm sure of it. It, it, it it's got to be natural. It's, it's got to be organic. Gotta, Agreed. Yeah. We got to be in the same place and you got to be genuine. And Don't I got to be genuine. Buildings are too. falling down around his house all the time. At some all point. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you should do. Do it. Well, I was telling, I, I, when I was messaging you about this today. I can't believe you're not, you got to be on the train going to going to the Taylor Swift concert. Jeff, the big thing is the trains going out to Foxborough and they sold all these, all these uh, uh, Swifties uh, sold out the trains. So people are now it's like the, it's the MBTA's fault that everyone is going by train to the Taylor Swift concert and they're and regular commuters have no way of getting home tomorrow night. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that kind of, I mean, it is the MBTA's fault. Yeah, it is, but in this town. everything, everything is, but it's just so, it's just such a wild story. And also, as I was telling you, no one is checking those tickets. Nobody is checking those tickets. That's There's going to be 4 billion people on those trains, especially coming back. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to be on that train. It's going to be packed and there's no way to check the ticket to make sure that uh, it's just going to be a mess. There's not going to be more people than there are at a Patriots game. Yeah, there is. 
Yeah. They're 100% oh, yeah, you're right. Because they're on the field. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, it can't yeah, be that yeah, much yeah. more. They'll yeah. figure and it out. And they're be behind fine. the stage. That's the other amazing thing, too. So I actually, I, I splurged and got my wife tickets to this show. And uh, when I was looking at the different tickets that were available, you can literally sit behind the stage and <laughs> in seats where you can't sit. They sold almost every single seat of the stadium. It's so dumb but yeah, well i mean, I mean if, if you think about it though if you're sitting in the if you're at a football stadium and they're in an end zone and you're in the opposite side you're looking at a jumbotron anyway why not look at a jumbotron from behind you're in the room i guess <laughs> i know sure. i'm not one to brag but i've already seen her three times so i'm not trying to go dude so, yeah i'm kind you. of a big deal I, i'm well, not, hey, Matt, I'm not gonna you. brag either but the song mean she wrote it about me yeah, that's a great <laughs> song. I love that song. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being on. Like I said, it was truly an honor, and I look forward to our paths crossing sometime around the Park Street T-Stop, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll happen, man. Thanks so much, Jeff and great. Mike. This was awesome.